Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Weekend News, BGU TV's Weekend News podcast for Sunday, August 16th. It is a beautiful, sunny morning, and it's episode uh, 15. 15. We made it to 15 episodes. We did it. We actually did it. That's, uh, I was going to say, I was going to say three weeks, but we don't do it daily. <laughs> so that's 15 weeks of shows. My goodness. Uh, I am your host for the evening, Graydon Webb, joined to you by, as always, Mr. Alan Muir. How are you, sir? I'm the, I think I should just change my about, like my about me on the team page on the site. They're just Dragon Age fanboy. <laughs> Because you got all that lore knowledge now. Oh man, I was I was listening to ASMR videos. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, there's Dragon Age ASMR videos on the Great Wardens. Oh my god, I'm looking I'm this like, up right now just to have. And it's actually like it feels like something you'd see in the game. Is it? Wait, it's someone talking to you? I thought it was gonna be like swords and stuff. It's someone speaking about the great the great warden origin. Oh my god, that's so it's, strange. Yeah, I was like, "Am I, this is is this going to get me into some weird stuff?" <laughs> wow. All right. Well, with that knowledge, <laughs> uh, we have a massive episode this week with a lot of news stories. And even since we stopped looking at news stories. There were a couple new ones <laughs> that I didn't even bother to add. <laughs> so maybe we could talk about them next week. But for now, let's get up to the uh, upcoming releases for the week of August 21st, 2020. Uh, starting with Microsoft Flight Simulator on PC. That's the 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 new one, right? That we've wanted for years. Yep. Why isn't it on Xbox too? Uh Microsoft Flight Simulator is very like it's one of those things where it's you need a like a keyboard and mouse to have like to have everything set. Oh, I thought they were toting it as an Xbox One thing too, but I, maybe that was just for like Game Pass. Yeah, PC Game Pass. Okay. All right. Well, it looks beautiful, so that's exciting. Uh, then we also have Battletoads, which is the new Battletoads for PC and Xbox One. Uh, the game, there was a the game that uh, Hunter Davenport is aching for really there's um there was a trailer for it and i forgot to watch it but i i'm hoping that it will be fun and not as crazy difficult as the original uh then we have alcana for rhythm across the blue for switch and ps4 then we have new super lucky's tale for ps4 and xbox one which is probably that dumb orange squirrel. And that the next we have the big the big hitter. <laughs> the big hitter. PGA oh, big <laughs> oh no. PGA Tour 2K21 for PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. Yay, golf is back. And finally, we have Samurai Jack Battle Through Time for PC, Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. I'm surprised that's getting a Switch release, but that is pretty cool because that game looks awesome. So there's a former like writer for VGU, uh, Corey Cudney, who isn't like the 
kind of funny gif king right now. Mm-hmm. He had he made a gif about Samurai Jack Battle Through Time, and it got uh t- like retweeted or got mentioned by the actual Samurai Jack like Battle Through Time account. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm like so envious. <laughs> so all right, with that, yeah. With that done, you know what it's time for. Hit us with it. The news, Balda Duda. Yeah. <laughs> That's your time to shine every week. You just get up in there. All right. Uh, do you want to take the first story? Yeah. Uh, so you, we all know about Halo Infinite's delay to 20, 2021. Sadness, but yes. Originally, or there was debate thrown around whether or not or whether to release Halo Infinite in in pieces so they so they could stick the twenty twenty launch. And on Animal Animal Talking, uh Gary Wood's Twitch uh talk show. Phil Spencer revealed that discussions took place between himself uh, head of 343 Studios, Bonnie Ross, and Matt Booty of Xbox Game Studios about like shipping the game in separate pieces. And basically, he said it just, it didn't feel like it didn't feel to all of us like the Halo release that we would want. And so instead of like delaying, pushing the single player back and releasing the multiplayer, the whole thing was just delayed instead, as you are, as everyone knows. Probably for the best, really, in the end. Like, we don't want an episodic Halo. Yeah, like he, he mentions that they were looking forward to the alignment of Halo and the Series X. As a, like a seminal moment for Xbox, yeah. Looking back to like to Halo Combat Evolved and the original Xbox, and he wants Phil Spencer said he wanted to be as transparent about it as about it as early as possible. So, and he like so fans could plan the purchases for like without having to like worry like he he said let's get out the let's get let's get out the news out there and deal with it because people are making their own life decisions on like what they're going to buy i guess somebody else might have wanted waited but when we knew we put the blog together and i said let's put it live that's why he's a cool guy yeah, he went on to say, it won't be our favorite day, but we'll get through it. I've had, <laughs> I've had bad days before. We'll move through it and keep working on the things that we love doing. Things like this make me love Phil Spencer so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, so much that I even, that you can, on his uh, disembodied head is on the art for the, for last week's episode. <laughs> which yeah that i 
I hope I'm not on a watch list for that, for downloading that that image. A picture of Phil Spencer's head? Yeah. No, a lot of people have done that. Yeah, and there are worse things people could <laughs> be doing with that image. But yeah, I'm glad that uh, that we're not going to get some weird broken up Halo, and we're going to get one. One big thing, strangely, I've seen across the board, not strangely, but surprisingly, um, a lot of people being okay with this and not worrying about the delay and they would rather just get a good, a good finished game. So here's hoping that that's what happens. And uh, yeah, Halo, we'll see you next year. That yawn was brought to us by Xbox. That yawn was brought to you by Snapple and lack of sleep. <laughs> so we'll move on to our our next uh, story. This one was, yeah, this one was kind of hard for me to to see at the, to understand at the beginning, but as I'm looking through it, hopefully it unravels. So, uh, the parent company of Deep Silver. And THQ Nordic, called Embracer Group, has purchased, uh, I believe they purchased like eight different companies all at once. And one of them was the developer of Metro uh, 4A Games. They bought it for $80 million, which is a good chunk of money. Um, and they have two studios in Malta and Ukraine with over 150 people working for them. And so, yeah, there's currently, there, it says that, um, the in a statement, in a comment, 4A Games boss Dean Sharp has said it'll continue to make Metro games and will focus on bringing a multiplayer experience to our fan base. We look forward to building a new and even more ambitious AAA IP in the near future. So nothing, nothing really going on exactly at 4A right now. Um, Exodus came out what two years ago, so they've they're still kind of coming off of that high, and a lot of people love that game. Um, but this is pretty cool because THQ Nordic has. Um, they they make uh, Darksiders, right? That's like their big thing. Uh, Deep Silver, or THQ Nordic. Nordic. Well, that's the thing. They have over 170 owned franchises, so like Saints Row, Dead Island, Darksiders. Hey, it says right here, Darksiders. Uh, Straw Humans, Time Time Splitters. Which, where's where's that remake? <laughs> Yeah, they have they have quite a lot going on and it's they I don't know, I think of them as like yeah, they're triple A titles, but they're they're smaller. And Yeah, they're the bite sized. Uh, yeah, they're AAA. like they're yeah. in between like Indian and Triple A. They're just somewhere in that they're in the that double A. They're they're basically what like Midway was. Yeah. Or but they're they're more like a conglomeration of Midway, THQ. Uh, I was going to say acclaim, but that'd be an insult. <laughs> what did acclaim do? I can't even remember them. Uh, they put out the Turok games back in oh during the sixty four. Okay. 64. They also put out 
all star the all star baseball games. All right. Yeah. Which I that was my life for a few for like a year or two, just playing those games. <laughs> so yes, they they seem to be in good hands. That's a, a pretty penny that they spent on them and hopefully uh they'll deliver some more awesomeness out of there. So next story. Uh, how do you how do you pronounce this character's name? A, a-, a- Avor, right? I kept thinking it was Elvior, but yeah, but there's no L. So there's no L. I believe it's Avor. Okay, so despite Ubisoft saying both male and female main character options, uh, and the AC Valhalla will be canon. Uh, the game's official prequel has picked Ivor, A- Ivor, Ivor, and like they're gonna have Ivor be a woman. So, AC Valhalla: Songs of Glory or Song of Glory details her life prior to the video game. It's a book, right? A novel. Uh, no, it's it's a comic. Oh, comic. Okay. Because like Dark Horse and Ubisoft have deals. For yeah. Certain stuff. So. This. This comes off the heels of Ashraf Ismail. Mm-hmm. Uh, like all that hullabaloo. Officially getting getting was... fired this week. Yeah, uh, like this comes after he claimed... That the game was, or like Ivor was going to be a woman only. And Darby McDevitt stepped in to say the claim was not fully accurate, but there's more nuance to all this. Whatever that means. Yeah. (laughs) So. Uh, I'm not going to spoil stuff that's been like, I'm not going to spoil the comic because there are Dark Horse makes really good video game comics. Yeah. Like that, like uh, their, their, um, oh, what was it? Their Day Sex, uh, their Day Sex. Uh, Mankind Divided prequel. Oh, in which they just full sale did the, had the hacking mini game in the in the comic. What? Yeah, so like you remember the 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 hacking mini game from Human Revolution, right? Kind of. They straight up had that 
Like they did a comic book version of it. Like they just played it out, but in panels. Yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah, it's like and when I first read it, I was like, wow, they 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 really did that. <laughs> and I cannot find it on Comixology. Oh damn. I think I have to go to the Dark Horse app. So uh yeah, so what do you think about Ivor being and now like being cemented cannot canonical uh female. So I said something when we when we mentioned this in the chat, but I feel like at this point I wish that they had just gone with with her being like you you can't pick a male character. Um and I get that there's this stuff going on behind in the scenes with people thinking, oh, women don't sell and that whole thing. And well, that was that was Ashraf Ismail's. Oh no, not him. It was uh, this. It was Sergey, right? Sergey. Yeah, that, yeah. It's just flat out, women don't sell. <laughs> the uh, patron saint of this podcast. <laughs> no, no. Jeff Grubb will kill him. <laughs> he Jeff Grubb is the patron saint of this podcast. It may be the fifteenth episode, but it's like the fifth we've mentioned Sergey. <laughs> at least at least with all the ones that have gone wrong. Um But yeah, so they, they thought that women just didn't didn't sell, which is just ridiculous. And uh so they kept putting male characters in, like uh with Odyssey you could be either or. And and with this one I thought I had heard somewhere that in Valhalla you could swap on the fly. So like you could you change yeah, so you can swap between them like for different missions and stuff. Um yeah, like, which is I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work. Yeah, I mean, well, the way the way it works is because the, they are the same person. Like it's it's a name that goes both ways, but with having a book establish something, it just seems weird. It's you're going to look at it now like the male version is just a skin that she's wearing. Um, but, oh man, that makes it much more horrific. Yeah, it's just it's just a weird thought. Like they didn't well, have to. It it kind of just ruins it by putting a male into it. Um, but but yeah, I hope that in the future they make it more. I mean, obviously the present day stuff, you are a woman. Um, but I hope that they make a game, make an Assassin's Creed where you're just it's just a woman. That's not one of the uh the chronicles the side scroller ones um but yeah i'm i'm not upset that she's like the the canonical character i'm i'm here for it i'll probably now play as her cuz i hadn't in odyssey um Are you i, I play Sandra? no i played as alexios cuz i just liked him too much and i could never really and and i don't know i i kind of liked cassandra oh i'm not i'm nope I'm not going to spoil anything, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, like I still had to play that game. Okay. <laughs> I, um, I don't know. I don't, I just didn't, I couldn't really get into, to her, uh, maybe it was her voice or something, but, but apparently the voice acting for the male Avor isn't very good. So hopefully they'll put a lot more effort into the female performance and it will, uh, it'll be a stronger game because of it. But, yeah, I I just hope that in the future they they give us just a strictly a girl character. Yeah, they're 
there are multiple mods on Nexus mods for uh, AC Odyssey, where where it's like they have a Wonder Woman set like set up for uh, oh cool Cassandra. That's neat. She does kind of have that feel. So, uh, yeah, I'm and I'm now I'm jealous because you got to talk about Star Wars. I do get to talk about Star Wars, but if you want, you can you can go for it. You know a lot more about this story than I do. That I do. Go for okay, it. Okay, so you remember Ragtag? Um, yes. Being made by uh, EA Visceral or Visceral Studios. Yeah, when it was shut down. Yeah, and it was okay. written, it was being written by Amy Hennig. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Zach Mumbach, Mumbach, uh, this is going to be the episode where butcher names. <laughs> so he, he, he was a producer on the game. Uh, he, he spilled a bunch of details on uh on the Minmax show. So the main character of the game and this the game is gonna be very like a mix of Star Wars meets Uncharted. Which when you think about it sounds a lot like thirteen thirteen. Yeah. But the main character was gonna be a rogue who was described as a cross between Robin Hood and Star Lord. Uh, its design was well underway with several levels and a major set piece involving an ATSD chase near completion, but it was not meant to be. And and like things were apparently tough from tough from the beginning. After the team, they are forced to quickly pivot back from uh, Battlefield Hardline. Like, and he's when he said on the Mimac show that the timing was weird. Uh, the sequence of events was like, "Hey, we have a studio with their own engine who makes who make really high quality single player games, Dead Space series, and we're going to take that studio, move them to Frostbite." And have them make a battlefield game. Okay, I'm fine with that. <laughs> I stayed there. I stayed there and worked worked on that. But we had a lot of people in the studio who were experts on narrative and single player games, and those people left. And that's fine. Some of them went to Crystal Dynamics and worked on the Avengers game. That kind of stuff happens. Then we went and hired a bunch of multiplayer first person shooter experts to help us with Hardline. So ship hardline and go. Hey, you guys are now going to make a single player, a third person game. That's the thing which is hard for me to get over. Who's making this? Pl- who's making this plan? The original plan, obviously. <laughs> we were experts at this uh, game genre of game two years ago, and then we we made our studio, and it was hard, and we pulled it off, and th- then it was like go back to what you. What you did before. 
and well, those guys who were good at what we did before left. And he and went back was full of praise or like he fully praised Amy Hennig who he says brought clever decision making around story and the characters and remained professional even as it became clear EA's goal for the project were not lining up with the studio's own. We had this leadership team come in from Vancouver and not knocking them. They were in the same position I was in Amy of, in Army of Two. They were like, we need to shift this thing. Let's go. Cut this, cut this, cut this. I'm back recalled. And I'm thinking, this is effing Amy Hennig. We <laughs> have a chance to make the greatest Star Wars game ever made and a possible game of the year contender. This isn't an Army of Two game. I think we could have, we would have made the best Star Wars game ever made. Story and the setup and the characters were set up for success, but what we had to execute what was going to, or what we had to execute was going to take a while. And he says, I, he, he thinks the company saw that. Like, hey, you guys are eventually going to make a crazy good game. At the time when we got shut down, Patrick Sutherland was even like, what's the game with winner, winner, chicken dinner, PUBG? <laughs> and then they sent out that infamous press release that was like, no one cares about single player anymore. And he, and he, and he, and he said, I just wish they, they'd figured that out two years ago. <laughs> and that's like the... <clears throat> The whole thing, this whole thing is just so, so anger and like rage inducing. Yeah, it's sad. And like, and he, there was, there were countless hours of adult dev time that had gone to making ragtag. And several sequences were nearly complete. And there's that infamous clip of, like, that was released to the public, of the game's main character emerging from a sandy into a sandy courtyard. And that was that was actually that was like the tip of the iceberg. And he said, and he continued, and Mobak continued. We just had a lot of gameplay people never got to see. We had levels they weren't done, but they were close. We had one set piece, which was basically done. And they were putting the final touches on it right when the studio got, was shut down. And it was the, this crazy ATST moment, which was really cool. You're on foot running from it. And they were trying to hunt you down, but you were more agile, slipping through the, the alleyways, barreling through and crashing and using all destruction of uh, frostbite. And it would, it would have been the moment where you had been like, oh, that's like Star Wars Uncharted. 
which they seem to go for with Fallen Order. Oh. Or that's what people, a lot of people have compared it to. And with with the huge success of Fallen Order, uh, there's like the sequel was announced, and. Uh, Mumbach said he he has yet to pl- to play it. Oh, like he he said we were definitely sitting in one of the most expensive places to make a video game. He's like wondering wh- why Visceral got shut. Uh, he said like talking about like why Visceral got shut down. But Jedi Fallen Order was made in L.A. One of the most expensive places to make a video game. Oh. And ever since since uh Visceral went went under or I think it didn't go under, it got killed. <laughs> Mumbach has since left EA and is now working on Airborne Kingdom, which is a indie airship game. Game. Yeah, I know that game. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's it's definitely sad. I mean, it's it's awful to have them force them to like just sit there and kind of watch their their baby fall apart and get and get killed. And I love how he knew like the writing like, was on the wall. Yeah, but also, like, they knew the firepower that they had. Like, that part where he is like, we have Amy Hennig, we could do anything. And it's like, they knew and, their potential, they knew what they could do, and it's just like, you you never know who to blame, when, especially it comes to Star Wars so often. But it's like, with so many people involved in making big decisions on arguably the biggest franchise in the world, like, how how do you where do you throw the blame on, Oh, something went wrong. We have to shut it down. And you're just kind of caught in the middle of it when you're working for them. And that's so, so crazy. Like even like people, people who are in, whether you're in the game design, building a game of star Wars, or you're in the movie and you're watching things change around you because like you have no, no say in the script or anything that goes on and like just all these things happen and at the end of the day the finished product is going to be awesome looking and feeling at least because it's star wars but when when they put all this effort into it and knew what they had on their hands and then just to see it all fall apart that's so upsetting yeah i mean there's I think I think Todd Stashwick was also writing was like writing the game as well. Which is a shame because I think he I'm pretty sure he was also working like he him and Amy Hennig went from writing on Shredder Four to then writing Ragtag 
and I don't think he's writing anything right now, game wise. Oh wow. So yeah, you don't you don't come off a major franchise like that and then <clears throat> and then just to have everything fall apart. That's so sad. We could have got something special out of that game. So now for a game that I don't think anyone any any mainstream people know about like know anything about. Yeah, hey kids, you like Shin Megami Tensei? Yeah. <laughs> the third one? Remember the other two? Um Do you remember well, Shin... the one the one which birthed <clears throat> uh Persona? Yeah, I was gonna say that's what it's like kind of known for is having is being persona related. Um sorry, I have I have to cough. <clears throat> anyway, Shin Megami Tensei 3 is coming. The, no- the Nocturne HD remaster. And Dante is here. Y- yay. Um, apparently this is based off of like, a, like a, a joke. So I'll just, I'll read this here. So, uh, Dante was in the original, uh, it was on, originally on P- PlayStation, PlayStation two. um, also known as Shin Megami Tensei Lucifer's Call in Europe and a European uh the European publisher Ghostlight put a big sticker on the front of the game that said featuring Dante from the Devil May Cry series even though he had a very small role and I guess that spawned a lot of memes though I've never seen one <laughs> and but I don't run in these circles and uh and now people think that that's like so hilarious so now in the hd remaster that we're getting this year or next year rather um he is going to be a dlc character that's yeah, it that, yeah that's that's nice that's nice thing to hear <laughs> yeah that's that's it that's the story no, just, as you're reading the story my phone my phone uh goes off and it's like um Man James, who were who, uh, who with Josh, uh, Mobley. Yeah. Uh, and Andrew Nino, uh, founded VGO.TV. I mentioned in the Slack chat that I like I was like God I hate GoDaddy, trying to get VGO.com <laughs> and it's eighty k. Matt goes Jesus. James goes, fuck that. And then um, Matt says, why would it be so much? It's just a fledgling game site. <laughs> and James replies with, it's the world's best fledgling, fledgling game site. Which that was, yeah. actually, that was the tagline for VGU when I, jo- when I, like, when I joined. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the internet's best fledgling entertainment site. I love it. Yeah. Okay, so uh the next piece of news which kinda kinda makes me happy. Doesn't yeah. make me doesn't make me angry, unlike uh the ragtag story. Hmm. So Marvel's Spider Man Miles Morales will have a full arc for the superhero. 
Hell yeah. And it's this is one of their big games for the PS5. Uh, creative director Brian Horton in an interview with e- Entertainment Weekly reaffirms that Miles' story, story will be a full one. This is a full arc for Miles Morales that started in Spider-Man. And we are really com- we really are completing the hero's coming of age in our game. It's a complete story. And he he also went on or he went on to say that using a little bit more of a compact storyline storytelling style is letting the the team tell a very emotionally impactful story. And this is, despite like, well, he's also a web spinner like Peter. Uh, the fans of the comic, of him in the comic books, and into the Spider-Verse, know he has, he can turn invisible and has electricity powers. And despite being a smaller experience, Miles' story will be getting the narrative weight it deserves. So, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales is set for holiday 2020. Yeah. Do we think that's going to be a launch game? It is a launch game. Oh, hell yes. I think that's a big system seller for people yeah, already. So That and the next MLB is what, why I'm possibly going to buy a PS, PS5. Oh, the things they could do with MLB on PS5. Yeah, it's like we, like it's as if we just put out a top nine list. Oh, it, it, did, did we? Yeah. Oh, Fine. On VGU dot, I mean VGU dot TV. <laughs> Catch it on the eight thousand dollar VGU dot com. Eighty thousand. Eighty thousand dollar. Is it even like a working site right now, or is it just a domain sitting there? Right now, it is. It's nothing. It says it just the domain name vgu.com may be for sale. Click here to inquire or call a number. Yikes. And it's like and the the related links are like stuff for AIDS and HIV. Oh no. Yeah, let's not buy that website. <laughs> Instead, Let's move on to the next story. Because now we're getting into kind of... Well, after this one, there's some there's some big ones. But uh, The Last of Us, HBO show, 
that we are all excited about from the makers of uh, Chernobyl is trying to figure out how they are going to freshen up a series that everybody knows about already and is is so quote so heavily shaped by its use of cinematic storytelling techniques and so naughty dog was questioned neil Druckmann of naughty dog and and uh mazen what's what's his name uh, craig mazen who is the uh the writer was questioned and he they mentioned that there was a part of the story that wasn't in the original games that was a major jaw drop moment and that is pretty much definitely going in um to as as Mason said quote okay jaw drop that's going in for sure we have to do that you couldn't stop me from doing that you will have to shoot me to stop me from doing that so we're doing that um <laughs> And so the point in mentioning this was to assure fans that he and Druckmann are aiming to broaden people's understanding of Joel, Ellie, and the world of The Last of Us without detracting from or drastically going against what the games have established. So they they kind of understand that they're going to be showing the world of The Last of Us to new people, as well as strong, hardcore fans of the series. So they're trying to not change what you loved about it, but also bring in some new things that they were kind of left on the cutting room floor to that will still bring out that that last of us feel that we all know and love um of course this all relies on if if Druckmann stays or if the show even continues because we know a lot of shows tend to just fall apart video game shows in general um but yeah, they uh, they think that because, as as Craig Mason said, um, I'm doing it with the guy who did it. The changes that we're making are designed to fill things out and expand, not to undo, but rather to enhance. So he feels pretty confident that while he's working with Druckmann, uh, the show can only go up from here, and they're hoping to deliver something exciting on on HBO. So I I'm pretty excited for that show. I don't know. It's one of those things where, like, you think, is it more fit for, like, an anthology type thing? Or do you want, like, just a show? Do you even want Joel and Ellie in the show? Um, or or would they be more suited to, like, a movie? But then technically the game is like that movie. So I don't, I don't know. They're going to have to do a lot of work on figuring out how it's exactly going to, going to work. But, um... But yeah, I think this could be really cool. Are you excited for this show at all? Um, no, because well, I no because like it's generally a horror. Like, the Last of oh, Us true. is horror. I do not like I do not like horror. <laughs> I I saw I learned of a character, or not a character, a boss one of the bosses in last of us part two a certain king of the rat variety that's all i'm gonna say <laughs> and i i or i will add it, it creeped me the hell out 
Well, I do so, not know this reference yet, but I cannot wait to see. Okay, so next next story. Uh, fuck five oh five games. Yeah. And Hashtag. Playing this is control will be getting a free next gen upgrade. However, it will be limited. However, you have to buy the ultimate edition of the game. Did you just use a double however? I Okay, I watched a video of uh, Avery Brooks. Like okay. Talking about... Uh, Talking about those the DS9 episodes far beyond the stars. Yeah. And he mentioned and like he's like he he you I think he used two or three however's at like Oh wow. Like one after like after 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 after. And like I should try I wanna try doing that. <laughs> when you do it I just visualize like a snake, like just kinda like just left, now right, now left. This is a 180 with your speech. Yeah, so... Proceed. Uh, next month, the Control Ultimate Edition will be releasing on PS4, Xbox One, uh, uh, and Epic uh, Games store on September 10th. And the Steam release is August 27th, which will coincide with AWE, which is the Alan Wake expansion so yeah a free upgrade will cost you forty dollars ugh see my thought here is that maybe maybe they'll put uh control on game pass and then it will, like, the upgrade will work because it hasn't hit Game Pass yet. Um, But even then, that doesn't get around, like, a PlayStation issue. And it's just stupid. I read somewhere someone was like, every upgrade, like a smart delivery type upgrade, should cost 10 bucks. And I wouldn't be against that because even though it's good that it's free, like just the fact that like, then you're kind of tossing some money back at the company. And I just think it would be smart, like for us, for a situation like this as well, because this is really just a big fuck you to people that bought it day one. Why should I be expected? Because even if I love the game, why should I be expected to buy it all again? Just so I can play it on a new game three times. Do I have to buy it six more times? Yeah. Six more times. You love control. You eat, sleep, and breathe control. No, like I, I, I played it, played it on launch. I'm not gonna buy back to it since, even though I own it on 
PC, <laughs> Xbox One, PS4. But why? Why do you own it there? Why do you own it on three okay, systems? So I bought it on PC because this is this was my burgeoning uh, PC gamer phase uh-huh. that I'm still currently in. <laughs> I purchased it. I bought it on PS4 because, or during a sale. And because I heard, I hear, I keep, I always hear that that's the main, that's the best way to play it. I then bought it on Xbox One because uh, 4K. And I want my games to look pretty, which they did, okay. which, which it did not look pretty on my PC. <laughs> How I mean, regardless, or mainly due to the fact that I had a bad graphics card in there. Oh, great! So, wow. And uh, I mentioned this on uh, Players Club. You, you, do you know how much, how long Five Hundred Five has the publishing rights to control? No. Twenty years. So, so what does that mean exactly? Um, Washington, I'm not sure if well, actually, I'm not sure if it's control or rem with remedy in general. Oh, okay. That would make a bit more sense if it was just the company, because then it's just like, oh, we own you for twenty years. Because I'm just thinking, like, what are they going to do with Control? Like, what are they going to just keep re-releasing it for 20 years? Either way, that's wild. Okay, so I just looked it up. 20-year rights to the next game from uh, to next game from Remedy Entertainment, which is from 2017. Wow. So it is Control. I don't even get what that would mean, though. Like, what, are you just going to keep re-releasing it? Are you going to... what? Why would you need rights for that long for a game that's not even a service? I have no clue. <laughs> and now how much... Do you know how much Epic paid for the exclusivity on PC? Oh, far too much. 10.4 million. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's so... one game, and not even everyone talked about it. <laughs> Wow. Well, yeah. yeah so let's let's uh, move on to our next story because I I just want to get that I want to get all that off my mind. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, we now move on to what's arguably the biggest story of the week because it just kind of lasted so long, and I want to read it as my as my headlight. In my headline, Trouble in Tilted Towers, Fortnite Mobile has been delisted. Hashtag free, for, free Fortnite. No! Dot. No! So, <laughs> Fortnite, so this is, there, there's so many different pieces to this um, that I'll just kind of uh, explain it all from, from memory that I've seen. So, Epic decided, out of the blue it seems, to put in their own 
uh, currency, like their own uh, microtransaction payment per option in Fortnite mobile. And it got around Apple's terms and it provided more money to the publisher than Apple. And this showed up. And then within like hours, the game was just gone and it yeah, came it off. Delisted. It got delisted right off the app store and Apple released this big spooky sound and statement about um, how it violated the terms of service. And um, they, they said something they uh, quote Epic has had apps on the app store for a decade and have benefited from the app store ecosystem, including its tools, testing and distribution that Apple provides to all developers. Epic agreed to the terms and guidelines freely, and we're glad they built such a successful business on their app store. And then it's just kind of like, it's, it's very passive aggressive about like, we've done so, so much good for you. Why'd you fuck us Epic? And so they were delisted and, uh, Epic then proceeded to serve them legal papers. And well, this don't forget this happened. This they got delisted from Apple and Google. And then it got delisted from Google. And so now it's just this big Fortnite mobile crisis where it's Epic versus the people. And, and I feel like Epic is, uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, they, they uh, didn't they announce the lawsuit with a with the uh, spoof of the Apple nineteen eighty four commercial. Um, with with uh, like you, you they they released this and you could you were actually able to watch it in like in Fortnite on like the screens. Oh really? What that one with the big screen? Well, like no. with the people watching the like watching the TV that that Apple commercial. Well, they mock. They did a mock of the commercial, where instead of 1984, it says 1980 Fortnite. Oh my god! And Kill then, me now. Yeah, and it, uh, I think it was Jeff Gersman who tweeted out, "From now on, all all legal uh, act, like legal battles have to be announced with the Machinima uh, parody." Oh my god! And yeah, I. Like I, I've been watching Ven as I always do, and they they kept <laughs> they kept they they were bringing up like Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, or whatever whenever it first happened, and yeah, well, I, I I I knew about, I knew about the legal stuff, and I knew about the controversy that was happening at the time and i then like i saw the 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 disc last and i'm like they actually did it but yeah this, <laughs> but to be serious though this is just millionaires and billionaires finding fighting about pocket change it's it's crazy. It's like having to like if you're to put yourself on your game on a platform and have somebody else publish it, you, you signed up for this and I just feel like they they knew what they were getting into there and to put something up 
to put up some kind of uh, roundabout payment option without going to the publisher about it is just, it, it just seems shady. And well, I get that there's a lot of like <laughs> the mudslinging going on. I had pulled up another thing. I saw someone had posted um, on Twitter that there was an app store email that says, what's better than a victory, a new victory, new games come to the app store all the time. So do new chances to win. And then it was an ad for Madden. And it's just like, (laughs) like there's just so many, just so many like throwing shade at each other, like children. Okay. Before I, uh, say something. Uh, did you did you ever finally like look closely at that video I, I sent to the chat of the Which... Madden commercial? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The crowd. Yeah. Yeah, that. That's. Yeah, but Apple and Google are both both. I wouldn't say biased. Actually, no, they are biased. Apple hmm. has Apple Arcade. Yeah. Google has Stadia. And like you have things, you have the problem with, right now with xCloud. Mm-hmm. How it's most likely not coming to Apple devices, which really hurts me because I I've. Like, I really want to play uh, certain games on my phone. And, like, I don't, I have, all I have are iPad, like, I have an iPad and a win, and now Windows. And Amazon Fire Tablet. And I don't think it's something to that either. Yeah. And then something that I just find so eerie. On Google's, uh, like their, I think it was when when they first started, they had a rule that would, that simply said, Google will never be evil. Uh. And like, this is just a parody. That's a really weird thing to say. <laughs> well, like they. If I'm not mistaken, they started in what, 2004? I'm sorry, what? I did cut out. Um, okay. So. Are you looking it up? Yeah. They, in, in their code of conduct. Uh, like, like Google's unofficial motto had long been "Don't be evil." And of it, course, it had been part of the corporate code of conduct since two thousand. However, and. When a new parent, when Alphabet, I think acquired Google, 
they had a, they adjusted the motto to do the right thing. <laughs> I like don't be evil. And they removed that from the code of conduct in May of 2018. That's weird. Yeah. And then the the uh the chains were off and they could go and be evil. Yeah. <laughs> well, yes, it's a very uh it's a very weird thing and the fact that it's still going on is even weirder. Um obviously if there are updates, we will talk about them. But but yeah, who knows what's going to go on in the realm of, of Fortnite v. Mobile. Epic Games versus Mobile Stores. So, next story. Uh, Boss Logic dropped a new piece of art on Twitter that is te- that teases an upcoming announcement for an Injustice 3. Like to to be announced at uh, fandom uh, later this month, and I gotta say this looks pretty good. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I love the first two injustices. Oh no, I'm just talking about the like the art that uh, Boss Logic. Oh, like the have you seen it? Yeah, yeah, the clock. Yeah. Yeah, it looks really cool. So he tagged or no one like WB Games And Boss Logic, they've none, none of, neither of them have come, like have said whether like whether you know it's official and whether or not it's just a piece of art and that's it. They're staying tight lipped because they're saving it. However, when the when it went up, he tagged Boss Logic, tagged Ed Boon. <laughs> so, and like according to Den of Geek. Uh, at DC Fandom, WB Games is set to announce a Bat- like the the inevitable Batman game. Yeah, we're getting like a shit ton of games because you definitely got Suicide Squad. Su- not just Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. <laughs> yes. Which, as everyone would, as everyone would think, 
people aren't happy with that with that with that information. <laughs> like they don't like that name. It's long, but it's I think it's interesting. It means the Justice League may very well be in it. Well, yeah, I mean for for God's sakes, you have the promo, you have the like the announcement art with a crosshair on Superman. Yeah. <laughs> but then we also got a uh, the announcement this week that Gotham Knights is going to be there too. So, if you have that those two and injustice that's a lot of video games for one event yeah so but that's we're that's not the news story this isn't the news story the news story is a potential inclusion of Watchmen characters into the into injustice 3 yes and recently we are if you've Unless you've been hiding under, if you, what's the term, hiding under a rock? Yes. Or a dark, or a dark place. <laughs> uh, unless you've been doing that, you've either watched the HBO Watchmen series or read the uh, Doomsday Clock comic series. And then there's also the Rorschach comic book. And then there's currently uh, Death Metal. Which has Watchmen. Which they actually have Batman. I like, I think the Batman Who Laughs in uh, like a Dr. Manhattan body. It is pretty crazy. <laughs> and DC Fandom is literally less than a week away. So we'll be talking about it. We'll be talking about the game's information that leaked. Or that not leaked. I wish it would leak. So, just so I wouldn't have to, have to watch it and support at and Uh, we'll be talking about the fallout with Gotham Knights. Knock on wood. <laughs> uh, Suicide Squad. Kill Batman. Kill the Justice League. So. <laughs> They're killing all of them. You all know, right. I... I I don't I I if it was kill if if they were kill, went going for a different group like Suicide Squad kill the Injustice League I can get behind that <laughs> like actually, Suicide no, Squad kill the Avengers Suicide Squad kills the DC universe. Let's just, let's just rip off Deadpool and Marvel. Let's just blow it up. Yo, let's nuke it from orbit. What if it was Suicide Squad kills the Watchmen? Oh, who watches the Suicide, who watches the Suicide <laughs> Squad kill the Watchmen? 
who watches the Suicide Squad kill the Gotham Knights. It's just all three of them. All three games together in one. Jesus Christ, we're off the deep end. Alright, I want to just power through these final two news stories so that we can jump into the rest of this stuff here. So, the first one is uh, that Crunchyroll may soon become a part of Sony as it is eyeing... Uh, You gotta read the headline. Oh yes, my headline. Is more anime crunchy rolling into Sony's hands? <laughs> I have to do this every week. I need I, I to start doing this for everything. Um, so apparently, uh, judging by the fact that the, the link that I posted, I have to sign up to read. I have to sign up to the website to read it. Uh, I'm going to go through just a, uh, a couple tweets that I had had that showed me this. Um, so apparently AT&T has been looking to sell non-core assets to reduce its nearly $150 billion debt. And Crunchyroll, which has over 3 million subs, is being considered. Um, Warner Brothers Gaming Unit is also being considered. Warner recently said it would cut up to 650 jobs to save costs. And this was uh, a tweet from Daniel Ahmad on Twitter. And then it also mentions that uh, Sony is looking to purchase that crunchy roll um, as another tweet says the deal would add crunchy roll to Sony's growing anime empire, which includes Funimation and Anaplex. Uh, Sony also recently took a stake in Billy Billy. Is that another anime service? I meant to look that up, but I'd never heard of it. I, I neither have I. Let me see. Billy. Bi- oh, good Lord. Oh my God. I just went to like Google it and it went to the website and it is just a lot of, uh, hentai. No, an Asian language. I either Chinese or Japanese, but I don't want to get it wrong, but there's stuff from people eating to people crying to anime to a girl holding like a biscuit into the camera to a picture of Clementine. Like, this is a weird, oh, a cat person. I don't know what that website is. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but Sony also is, uh, <laughs> Sony's trying to move into some uh, some of that uh, anime uh, niche content there. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I guess they're looking to, to spend big bucks I, I on it. I find it. What, Billy Billy? Is it? B-I-L-L-I, B-I-L-L-I. Okay, okay that, that explains it. It's not a Billie Eilish fan site, I'll tell you that. Um, But yes, yeah, so obviously there's no, um, no like legit hardcore news yet about it, no confirmations. Um, But that would be a pretty big deal. Crunchyroll has like always, I've, as far as I've known, it's always been like the place to go to see anime. Um, Though Funimation is also another one. I actually, what when I when I was uh when I was going through my brief phase of wanting to watch Naruto. Yes. I don't even know how. I just like I my sister has an account for Crunchyroll. Yeah, and I just guessed login information. Got no. in. 
watched watched Naruto, discovered I was watching the wrong one. <laughs> so many. There's so that, much anime out there. <laughs> that was how I watched um, Attack on Titan. Was Crunchyroll. So yeah, when when you want to dabble in anime, it's the place to go. And if Sony buys it, hopefully they don't run it into the ground like Crackle, and <laughs> it. Uh, it can be a, a a worthy investment for them. So should we move on to the next to the last story? Yeah, and then our last story here, it's not nothing nothing too major. Um it's that 3D Realms, who is the maker of um Duke Nukem. games like Duke Nukem thing things in that in that style. Uh, they Prey. do Yeah, Prey. Um they awesome. are doing what else? Uh, she postal. Well, oh no, they're just there's gonna be there. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, there's gonna be like a like a showcase for where they're gonna do um a, a child's play charity drive. They're gonna show world premieres, special guests. They're they're gonna have New Blood, which are the makers of that game Gloomwood that I did the video on and um what else they do ultra kill and dusk a medieval a medieval maximum action or something (laughs) like they they do they kind of just bring back that old school spirit of first person shooters like duke nukem or doom or those things um so i'm i think this is going to be pretty cool uh that's going to be on september 5th and 6th obviously that's a ways out but um, they announced it this week. They're calling it Realms Deep 2020. And they're also going to be having a Steam sale on their games from the 3rd to the 7th of September. So yeah, it just seemed like a neat little thing. And um, I'm loving, I've been loving this online E3 we've been having with all these different showcases and sales. And it's it's another cool way to get their, to get their brand out there while we're all kind of home. And, and yeah, so definitely uh, get excited for that and take part in that when the time comes. Take it away, Alan. Uh, oh, with uh, my segment? Yeah, it's time to delineate. Well, no, our sort of news in the Venn delineation on the G4 Resurrection. <laughs> I caught, okay, so last week I mentioned that I caught uh, Looking for Gains, The Download, Venarcade Live, Guest House. I finally saw Sushi Dragon Show. Yeah, with that guy. Oh, God, that is weird. That's some weird stuff. What's he do? He's just like a YouTuber? Uh... It felt like unfiltered Lauren Sontag. Oh. But I mixed with a bunch of Eric Andre. Oh, really? Like a like a skit show? Well, not a skit, but like a... Is it like scripted? Well, it's like unlike the rest of the event shows that are done in like the studio. Yeah. He's doing it from his studio. 
Oh. So like there's a there's constantly like you're either constantly see you're either seeing a green screen like a visible green screen that like it'll cut to certain times and all his guests are done like they do guest stuff through uh through I think Zoom or Skype whatever It is, it's not for me. Okay. I'm going to have to check this out. That's, I did. (laughs) Episodes, there are, like, all, Ven has all their stuff on YouTube. Okay. So, but in the G4 Resurrection, however, (laughs) uh, big news. Uh, Olivia Munn is in Final Talks for an on and off camera deal with the relaunching G4 network. On so, and off. Yeah, and I love that the the picture they, they that they they used on uh the rap is her like mid speech. Huh? And it's just like it's like from an old episode of Attack of the Show. Was she, you're going to hate me for asking this, but was she a huge deal on G4? Uh, was she like a host of Attack of the Show? She was, okay, so, I guess, I, oh man, so I'm so happy with this, I get to talk about G4 more. <laughs> okay, so, there. have you ever heard of the screensavers? No. Okay, well that was a show on Tech TV. Okay. It, when G4 and Tech TV merged and became G4 Tech TV, or after the merger, they relocated screensavers to LA from where, from uh, San Francisco. And Sarah Lane, or for, first the hosts of Attack, or no. First, the the first host of Screensavers in on G four was Alex Lobrecht and Kevin Kevin Rose, who would later go on to do Dignation. Alex left, and then uh, Kevin Rose, well, not Kevin Rose, Kevin Pereira joined. Okay, I know him. Yeah, he eventually... Like, there was a period where Kevin Pereira was on every G4 show. Oh, wow. Uh, so they eventually... Screensavers eventually turned into Attack of the Show. Mm-hmm. Kevin Rose left to focus more on Dig. And... Sarah Lane, who was a who was like before the t- the merger, was like the was like a personality on the show. Mm-hmm. 
and she it was her and Kevin Pereira hosting. Her and her and someone else. I'm forgetting who. Uh, Brendan Moran left the show and left the network. So like there was this period of while they were were looking for a new host, they had guest hosts. Mm-hmm. And our, actually, Jeff Gersman was on was hosting oh. Attack of the Show for a while. Huh. Or for a short bit in 2005-2006. Funny. Yeah, and they did a, like, they did a full-on search for a new host. That host would be Olivia Munn. And she she was a she was a big deal back when the network was still like before it shut shut down so this is a big deal okay i kind of host or hope that uh they get kevin Pryor back because unlike like Olivia Munn looks same if not better <laughs> than she did ten years ago. My God, yep. I feel I feel old as fuck. <laughs> I think we're gonna say, "My God, I'm in love with her." <laughs> no, uh, she actually. You're, you're pro- you'll probably probably appreciate this. She was on an episode of the Jace Hall show. Oh, okay. You know what? I think that might be the one I'm always thinking of. Where Jace goes, like, interviews her and asks, asks for a show on G4? That, vague, that sounds vaguely familiar, yes. Yeah. Uh... Yeah. Her and Kevin Rose, like, recently uh, refriended. And, like, put, put a, uh, and there's the photo of them on Reddit that just lit the internet ablaze. Or, no, it was Twitter. Mm-hmm. Just every G4 fan weed. So, yeah, the my my um, my mind has been wandering with like if she with the off camera stuff is she gonna be a producer now on Attack of the Show? That's what it sounds like. Or is she gonna have like or is she gonna create a show? Oh, even though that that would fall to Blair Herder. And when I brought this up, to, and when I like I, I sent this to to Javon, I and, liked uh, what he said. Yeah, about her relationship with her ties <laughs> to the head, the current head, like t- head honcho of G four. Mm-hmm. 
and I and I gave a conspiracy theory. Like, what if she's doing this all to? This is like a long con <laughs> in order to get G four back. But like, there there are worse conspiracy theories about G four out there. So, uh, yeah, that, that wraps up the Venn delineation and the G four resurrection segment for this week. All right, but let's talk about a game you love. Yeah, so this was uh, the Remember This segment for the week. It was kind of hard to find a game. There's like good ones from last week, good ones from next week, but this week was pretty hard to find, and that's what I'm trying to do is like I want to get as close to the date as possible. And um, so I found one from August 12th, 1999, a little PS1 gem. Yeah, 21 years ago. 21 years ago. A little gem known as Siphon Filter. And uh, not not necessarily this game, but this series is very dear to my heart. Um, in, the, in the latter years of PSP gaming, because I didn't have... I didn't have, like, a PSP at launch. My dad had one, but I didn't have one till, like, the end of its life. And... Oh, uh, can I tell a story? Oh, yeah. So... When I first got my PSP, I didn't know, I wasn't well versed in the, in how it was supposed to be. Okay. So, I got, uh, for my birthday in 2005 or six, I got a PSP. And I got, one of the games I got was Battlefront 2. Oh, yeah. And I, I thought like you know how the UMDs were. Yeah, I thought they were cases. Oh no! You opened it up and took the little disc out. Yeah. Oh no! Hey, I was like eleven, fourteen, or eleven, eleven or twelve. <laughs> so like, I was one of them dumb kids. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people did that. That was quite a, uh, not even before its time. It was just a weird, unique system where, like, the discs were in their own little disc reader. <laughs> like, it, it didn't make much sense. And the the um, the disc tray itself felt so flimsy. Like, when you had to break open your system to put it in, like, it was just so weird. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm still waiting on my PSP to get here. Oh, you you got a new one? Well, I technically have. I've I've purchased at least four or five PSPs in the past ten years. Jesus. And, like, I purchased that uh, SD card that has like a, a like a, couple, a few thousand games on it. Wow. And also, I don't know why it was emphasized so much, but W2K18. Cool. Wait, the 18? Yeah, 18, not 19. For right. a... No, just the fact that they made a 2018 PSP game? Oh, they didn't. It was... It's a ROM hack. 
Oh, okay. And I gotta, I gotta look on my desk where I put that SD card. <laughs> I've got so many SD cards now. It's just, I just start throwing them all on the PSP. Yeah. Well, if you if you were hard up for games like me in those in that time, um, you may have stumbled across. First, I stumbled across uh, Siphon Filter Logan's Shadow, which was the sequel to Dark Mirror. And then I subsequently went and played Dark Mirror after that. And I absolutely, to this day, love those. I just adore those games. I I don't know. I went and kind of replayed one kind of recently. And I don't know why I love it so much, but it's just that feeling of like the 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 weapons are interesting. The the whole like the way that the camera works with the PSP is just so interesting. And um, I don't know. I just I love the characters. I love that those games. And I went back and I tried to play the first siphon filter Um I actually own it on PS1, but I never did plug in my PS1 to play it. I I started playing it. I think it was either Vita or PSP that I played it on because I bought the um, the PS1 classic version of it. And um, it's not the same as the new ones, but it still has this interesting feeling to it. And I mean, I don't want to compare it to like a like a splinter cell. But it's it's kind of got that similar type of feel to it because it's 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 got did a you, stealth focus. Did you set people on fire with stun gun? Oh, of course. That's what you have to do when their their screams are <laughs> the 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 smoke comes out of them and then the fire. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, there's a great uh, giant bomb video where they or it's just Dan Riker yelling. He's on fire. He's on fire. <laughs> it's uh, it's so good. And it's just, I, I mainly just wanted to mention this game because I wanted to talk about why I would love to see another one. I mention it often. Um, Sony Bend worked on Days Gone. And I feel like you mentioned that there are like callbacks to it. Little mentions. Easter eggs about Siphon Filter. Well, there was. Uh, what was the last game in the series? The Omega, the Omega Strain? No, that was the second one, I think. The last one was Logan Shadow. Okay. Uh, Sony Sony Bend. They said that uh, there was the Days Gone that that plague or disease, whatever, happened because of a failure in a like one of the in an unseen mission in the seven folder. Oh, it's like he couldn't save. He he like he failed to stop the virus from getting out. Oh wow! So it's like the same universe then. Yeah. Huh. So then they could they could bring it in in some way. So have some kind of uh not. Not the backwoods uh, environment of Days Gone, but have it be more of like a like a spy game somewhere else in the world. I don't know. I just I would love to see it again. I miss those characters. I miss that 
that style of gameplay. Um, but, but yeah, for anyone who didn't play, I, I highly recommend the, the PSP versions the the PSP games. Um, and then I think one through three of siphon filter are available as, okay. as the, well, uh, so, It it basically takes place in the same world as Sand Filter. Okay. And the out freaker outbreak could be the result of something Gabe Logan and his team encountered. Alright. And like um there's a when Nero uh like the National Emergency Response Organization or org Uh, like the way they appear in game, yeah, look very similar to the original sign filter opening. Oh, I still have to play Days Gone. Never touched it. Yeah, I'm going to uh, copy an image, copy and paste an image from Siphon Filter, and then another from on the side from Days Gone. Oh wow! Oh, that does look similar. Wow! Yeah, right. It's right now. It could it like Deacon? Like here's an, a certain extent exchange between a scientist and a soldier. Yeah. Uh, the virus. This virus is on a mission. The freaks are what they are because the virus wants them this way. Huh? What are you saying? I'm saying, she says, what am I saying? Terrorism? You're saying this was deliberate? I don't know. Oh. So if you would like a prequel to Days Gone and it was a Siphon Filter game. Oh my god. Siphon Filter colon Days Gone. Like, there's just too many. It it could work so well. There are tons of Easter eggs connecting the two games. Oh, wow. The two worlds. All right, I'm going to have to find a list then. But but yeah, as for Siphon Filter, um go go find it. It's definitely as like the the first 3 I think are definitely on PS3 and and PSP if not Vita and and the other PSP games should definitely be played. So so yeah, happy uh 21st anniversary to those. Should we I mean What's that I hear? Is that the rumor mills blades flying through the sky? No, they're stationary, man. They just Oh, she just sits there. Yeah. There's there's no wind day. I forgot. <laughs> well, what what rumors doth she proclaim today? So there's a possible Zelda remake collection happening. Ooh. And they like Like, uh, next year is, or Nintendo registered a the Legend of Legend of Zelda trademark, and if you remember that, like they the trademark cover, covers a ton of classes, mm-hmm. like, 
doing a similar thing they did with the Mario one. Yeah, there was the Mario rumor we talked about a while ago. And uh uh Nazirus on Twitter on August eleventh. Out of nowhere, Legend of Zelda just registered a new trademark this July. And it covers a lot of classes. This is 99% for, for next year's Zelda 35th anniversary. And Mario got a trademark just like this one last year, most likely for Mario's 30 or 2020 anniversary. Ooh. So. So it may really be happening. Oh, man. I would love to see, uh, like, Link to the Past in, like, the, in the uh, Link's Awakening engine. Well, like, it's interesting. Like, to see what, what, what games do we really want? Is that has Link, Link to the Past hasn't been remade? Link's Awakening is the one that just was done? Uh, Link, well, technically, Link's, Link to the Past had the sequel, Link, Link Between Worlds. Oh, right. But it's never gotten, like, a remaster. No. Okay. Then I think that that would be, like, the perfect one to do, considering it has a sequel, it has a massive fan base, and I don't think that you could, like, do a remaster of, like, the first Zelda and people would really play it. That's just, it's just a different world and different attention spans of game people today. And I just don't think that the first Zelda would really work. I've tried to play that game so many times and I just can't do it. Yeah. But A Link to the Past remaster would, that that would be great. I think uh, I actually played that one and liked it. There are two others. Well, there's like three three more I can see would be Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Even though it's it's I mean that game still has not gotten a remaster. Well, it, yeah, it got the 3D version. Yeah, but that that's not necessarily a big Oh, like a big overhaul? Yeah, it's, it's nothing compared to the Wind Waker HD uh, release for the Wii U. Yeah. Or the Twilight Princess HD remaster for the Wii U. Give me a Phantom Hourglass and uh, Spirit Tracks Switch port. You know, uh, I think Phantom Hourglass was one of the first DS games I owned. Me too. It was, I got the my DS that I have is the Zelda one that it came with. Oh, mine is the uh, Link to the Past one. Oh, and my 3DS is the Link Between Worlds one. <laughs> and I'm huh. not a massive Zelda fan. I just have a lot of Zelda consoles. You just lucked into it. Yeah. <laughs> you son of a bitch. Zelda is my Wii Sports. It just came with all the handhelds I got. Okay, so next story about Halo Infinite Delay. You want me to take it? Sure. Um, so, 
I have to open it up so that I can quote it exactly as we've been as seen it. Um, <clears throat> so we have heard that due to the Halo Infinite delay that we talked about earlier, uh, Microsoft has now pushed its August news to September, which is just lovely because uh, we just love waiting around to hear how much this thing is going to cost and when it's coming. So it's just going to be, it's fantastic. But uh, the quotes that we received according to reset era um, says at the same time, expect news about other Xbox stuff that's been going around recently to come a bit later too. stuff that was planned for this month, pushed to next month. Uh, so it seems that, that yeah, there's not, not going to be any real news coming this month aside from the halo delay. And uh, we're just going to have to wait uh, even longer for any kind of news. And I can assure you that that also means that we will be waiting for PlayStation pricing news <laughs> to, to drop around the exact same time, but you won't get it till September. So that's, that is awesome. I'm just so happy. That's really awesome. don't mind an infinite delay, but yikes. The next uh, story is sort of a conflicting one with the one I uh, yes. mentioned. So Jeff Grubb, patron saint of this section, <laughs> uh, said, you'll see another big reason to get Game Pass in the next two to three weeks. And said, it's going to be going to be, be kind of an Xbox month. It already did the xCloud announcement. And Phil Spencer already showed up on the Samsung Galaxy thing. Should still expect to see more about Xbox Series S. And yet another big reason to get Game Pass in the next two to three weeks. And the first comment is on Reddit. Uh, I'm tired of all this. Microsoft mm-hmm. and Sony, please just announce everything already. Like some, This person is speaking for everyone. <laughs> so so yeah it seems it seems that a lot of good news is coming again I will never understand how people like Jeff Grubb know what they know but there's information. he's he's just full of full of the information and I love him for it um, but yeah I follow it's... him on Twitter and I've yet to get, get any big information <laughs> I uh we we love him for it but um but yeah here's hoping that some cool stuff comes down the pipeline here especially and, with the new consoles and speaking of something that could be and literally saving the bet and I I'm, I'm serious on, on this saving the best thing for last yeah this is something that kind of came out of nowhere and I'm really excited we get to talk about it um so back in was it 2010 that the movie came out? It it yeah. had to be earlier, really. Only 10 years ago, we got a little movie called Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And unbeknownst to a lot of us, that movie would make careers out of a lot of people in that film. Um but it was a interesting little film and uh based on a a popular comic and by Brian Lee O'Malley. Yes. And from it came a video game 
on the Xbox Live Arcade based off of uh off of it called Scott Pilgrim versus the World the game. And that it game, that game is still beloved by everyone. It's it's fantastic. It is like the closest new game you're going to get to like the old X-Men arcade game or just like beat 'em ups like that. The, well, there's it's Streets of Rage 4 does exist. Now. True. It, yes, it does. But I mean like that that's even based off of a a franchise that was that that is a franchise that was big back then. But like this is a brand new game that had that same old school feel and it was pretty and it just I I loved it. I used to play. I played the demo a lot, and then I eventually bought it. And sadly, you can no longer play it because it has been delisted for many years. And uh, so, in honor of its tenth anniversary, uh, the creator Brian Lee O'Malley came out on Twitter and just said the following: "For years now, I've been saying if Ubisoft ever puts the game out again, I'll be as surprised as you." And he also tagged Ubisoft's official Twitter account. Quote, I keep asking around and Ubisoft hasn't contacted me or anyone who worked on the game in any capacity. If the Scott Pilgrim game does get re-released and none of us are involved, how messed up is that? It's messed up. So um, obviously Ubisoft published this game back in the day. And really, I hear about it frequently. How great that game was and how people miss it and how people would love to see it again. And, and it's, it's sad that we can't play it. And so this kind of started this big Twitter storm of people wanting it to to happen and him kind of throwing in some more stuff for a couple of days. And, um, the, uh, in 2011, the, the designer Jonathan Levine wrote, I'd love He said to Kotaku, I'd love to see Scott Pilgrim re-released, but I have no idea if it's ever going to happen. We made some efforts. Oh, wait, no, no, no. He didn't say this in 2011. Sorry. I apologize. I got my thing wrong, but he said, uh, we made some efforts to get the ball rolling back in 2016, but it went nowhere. We had Brian Lee O'Malley and Oni press on board, but ultimately it's entirely up to Ubisoft and universal. So, um, there's a bit of a happy ending to the whole, the entirety of this in that, uh, as of two days ago, uh, Brian Lee O'Malley made another tweet and said, PS Ubisoft has reached out to me. Yeah. And, and that, that just, <laughs> and, and Ubisoft, I mean, uh, Kotaku, the story that I was looking at did not date their story with that fun tidbit of information. So uh, I think that means that we have cooler news and that's exciting because now you're all excited that you, that a uh, remake is possibly happening. And I just, I just think that it's the right thing. Like 10 year anniversary should be acknowledged everywhere. 20 year anniversary should be acknowledged. Siphon filter. Um, but like big, big anniversaries in some capacity should no, be no uh they they did celebrate their 20th anniversary with uh, days gone <laughs> with a completely new game and forgetting about the old one wow. <laughs> well, well jam packing it full what if like that actually like a cyber filter comes out and days gone was like actually kind of pushing you toward um like no like it was hinting at it so much and they're like how did you miss it 
Oh my god. But anyway, uh, yeah. So Scott Pilgrim. It. I'm. I'm hoping that something comes of this story. Um, it's. It's super exciting that Ubisoft reached out to them again. Just another reason to love Ubisoft. <laughs> they. They seem to care. And um, I, I like as soon as I read that tweet, I was hoping like I hope it's not like a please stop talking about it. It's not happening. <laughs> we can't. We keep getting too much fan letters. <laughs> but I hope that something's going on there. Again, if there's more news, we'll let you know. But um, but yeah, very very exciting little thing for the piece of history to return. Okay, so you want to wrap us up? Yeah. So again, um, thank you for listening for to our jam packed. Uh, we almost went two hours here, uh, but we had a lot of fun. And uh, as always, I've been joined by Alan Muir. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. And I have been Graydon Webb, and we hope to see you again next week. Please go read all of the stuff that we've been putting up because we've been putting up stuff left and right. And uh, stay tuned to VGU. And damn it, what's your send off? Oh, I'm the Podfather, and you have been <laughs> blessed. Amen. See ya. <laughs>